Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I am your host, Christian. Joe with me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Today, we're talking about the biggest piece of crap I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> That's so interesting. We'll get into that, but go ahead. <laughs> we're discussing the 1983 cult slasher film, Sleepaway Camp. Yep. Dear God, I hope I watched the right movie. I, I assume so. There yeah, are sequels to this. There, yeah, there are sequels to this. <laughs> there are sequels to this, and it's really hard to understand how there would be, right? even by horror movie standards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of a, a standard 80s slasher uh, vibe. It's got the whole, uh, I mean, it is in a sleepaway camp, uh, and there's a killer on the loose in the camp. Unusually in this particular one, usually it's like 20-some-odd-year-olds playing 16 17 year olds this one has actual children in it it does but it also seems like it also has people in their 30s oh it does like like when uh whenever ricky and judy are together and you know making reference to a previous romance i was like okay but he's 15 and she's 34 right you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i i you know encountered this movie when i was younger I, uh, you know, late night on cable and it kind of, it's, it's almost like a, you know, you say it's a pretty standard slasher, but I feel like it's almost like an amalgam of the eighties, two trashiest genres. Yeah. Like it's sort of like a kid's nudie sex romp thing and a slasher movie like put together. Like the first half of it, it almost seems like it's meatballs or something like that. You know, I, um, I, that's probably because I, you know hated slasher movies as a kid i just despise them i had this unnatural fear of seeing anyone decapitated in a movie so i but you know i also wanted to see people naked so sometimes i would watch a slasher movie just for that but this one i think i started watching late night on cable because i thought it was going to be like you know uh, a titty movie and you know and then people started getting stabbed what's interesting about this film is that it lacks both of those things. Uh, probably because most of the cast is children, but <laughs> boobs are very common in these films. There are none in this movie. And all the deaths are like kind of off screen. Not that we don't like see them, but like the camera's positioned just so you like see a person's hands or right. their face. Yeah. And they're supposed to be dying in that moment, but you don't actually see the death. It's just out of frame. Yeah. The nudity was nudity was very disappointing for me because it's mostly <laughs> man ass. Uh-huh. And you yeah. know, w- one other piece of nudity that we won't be able to talk to till about till spoilers. But, Correct. Uh, That's but, true. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this was was a very unfulfilling uh, late night HBO watch for me. I, I can only imagine. I was about to say, how would they show this on television and get to the end of the movie? But okay, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny you say that. You think it's the worst piece of shit on the planet because like. I'm with you in the sense that I know it's not a good movie. The acting is whoo, mostly pretty rough, uh, but I don't know. It's it's got a sense of purpose. I get what's going on. Uh, after a little while, I got into the story. I'd rather watch this like 20 times before I went back and watched that Judd Apatow movie we had to watch a couple months ago. <laughs> well, I tell you, like I, it's funny because when we were talking about what 80 slasher were you going to watch. I was pretty excited when we picked this because I was like, man, this is going to be great because this is the most 
un 2020 movie ever. Like it is going to be, <laughs> it's going to have aged so poorly. But watching it again, it might be the most 2020 movie ever. If you view the slasher as the hero in this movie, it's like Social Justice Warrior the movie. <laughs> I uh, hated it. I hated I, everything about it, we, beginning we to tell. end. <laughs> um, it was the one of the most miserable film viewing experiences I've ever encountered. I have the room on my brain for another reason that I actually will talk about later um but yeah i mean the same quality of piss poor acting and plot that doesn't make sense i think maybe yeah i have nothing like nothing makes a lick of sense in this movie the the dialogue is terrible uh all the children have no business being in this movie whatsoever and then all of the adults look like they literally left a porn set and then just showed up here <laughs> in the exact same outfits they were wearing in the porn they just filmed Touché. it's awful it, it, it is legitimately terrible there there you say porn uh, porn outfits there are a lot of unimpressive bulges in this Yes. <laughs> like so many dudes are showing off what they got and they shouldn't. Yeah, you know, you, you compare it to the room, but uh, it's weird. I like it for the opposite reason I like the room. Uh, you know, the room, at one point, uh, that dude tried to say, oh, that was, that, that isn't a bad movie. I actually meant for it to be that way. And if that was true, I wouldn't like it as much. This is the other way, though. I think they set out to intentionally make a movie exactly that bad, and they succeeded, and I admire the effort. <laughs> uh, I, this is the rapiest thing I've ever seen, and I watch anime. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, man, it's, I, I did not... I, I oh I thought to myself I should quit this podcast because I cannot in <laughs> the potential of having to endure something like that again is too much for me. It's funny you say that because uh, I always think of our our buddies on uh, Broke Box Office, uh, Luke and Zach Evans, who are both very very uh, literate film wise. Just watch a shit ton of movies, know a lot about it. Very knowledgeable guys. But they both just love shitty horror movies so much. And they watch, <laughs> I literally mean just hundreds of them. And I just can't understand how you can commit that much of your life to this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'll, do it, I'll do it like for this podcast once every, every once in a while. But like, it's hard to justify. I see. I think there are bad horror movies that I do like that I am partial to. But this is not one of them. I will say on, on, on your note of, of uh, the most rapey movie you've watched, I couldn't tell if I hated the way that all of the men in this movie treated the women in this movie because it was too ridiculous or too accurate to how like teenage boys are with women. Right. I genuinely right. like, I still haven't figured that out. Yeah. Those are, those are some horny teenagers. In yeah. This. Are uh, we going to go in the spoilers? Yeah, there's not that much that we can get into. I, I don't think we can talk to, talk about almost a second of this movie without talking about spoilers. Well, we'll, we'll do the, the basic synopsis. Uh, okay. Because the, the, the very beginning of the movie is there's a boat accident where a young family, a father, a son and daughter are, are hit by a boat. Uh, and one of the children survives uh, and is adopted by an aunt, I guess, an aunt and is seemingly traumatized. And so the aunt sends the, her adopted child and her son, who's, is that Ricky? Yes, Ricky. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, away to sleepaway camp because probably because Ricky wanted to do that and because probably because she felt like her, her so little girl the, needs to socialize or whatever. And then chaos it's, ensues. It's the same camp, right? Yeah, it's the same. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I read the synopsis for this after I watched it. I'm pretty sure it's the same lake. Oh, that's extra fucked up. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after that, you know, uh, mysterious killings ensue and blah, 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 blah. Very uh, mysterious, like, guy on the pooper getting a thing of bees thrown at him. Uh, I mean, again, that's one of the things I'm talking about. That is so much more a thing from, like, a Bill Murray movie than, like, a slasher movie. Growing up, I thought Bill bees were going to be much more of a concern than they have been. Maybe because they're all disappearing, but <laughs> yeah. I uh, never get stung by a We've bee. We've beat them! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, let's let's just fucking get into spoilers. It's fine. Um, speaking of, uh, so spoilers from here on out. To your note, uh, Christian, about the not graphicness enough, maybe of of the deaths. Supposedly, there was a shot of uh, of Meg after she had been, I don't know, was that a hair curler to death? Yeah, that was Judy that got the hair curler to death. You're right. I it was Judy. Understand. I'm sorry. Well, it, I don't. That's that's a plot hole that I don't want to get, I wanted to get into later, but uh, yeah, apparently the scene was too graphic and they made it take it out. Yeah. They will. Yeah. That, that death scene is um, just uncomfortable. I'm like, did she die or did she just pass out from pain? Like, you know, like it's very difficult for me to understand how she was killed with a uh, curling iron without seeing it. Again, I read the Wikipedia page and it, it lists what happens. And, uh, very detailed and very graphic and gross. <laughs> yeah, well, then I'm glad they left it out. Yeah. Uh, that girl was a bitch, though. Sure. She's, she's real bad. They make her definitely a villain. Yeah, there's very few of the people that die in this that you feel the least bit of sympathy for, which is probably one of its failings as a horror movie. It, I, all I, these all these children are the worst humans like I, <laughs> i'd rather hang out with al-qaeda uh <laughs> than 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 spend any more time with these kids and yeah joseph i can't tell if it's realistic or not i'm not in any way trying to defend teenage boys because i was one and i was disgusting <laughs> but god like the human race would go extinct we would just <laughs> murder if everyone if it was this bad <laughs> But but to the note on the on the deaths, not everyone dies in this movie. Not all of the murders are actual murders. Yeah, that's true. Uh, particularly, specifically, the pedophile doesn't get murdered, which is strange. <laughs> Seems like he'd be the first one to go. Yeah, he was easily the worst person in this movie. I will say, yeah. you know, I think I think this movie takes a bold stance in 1980 and now. In, in asserting uh, an important thing that we don't hear enough, which is that pedophiles are people too. Sure, <laughs> he, likes, he likes diddling children, and he doesn't seem to think that there is an age limit, but he's also the camp chef, and he seems to take at least some pride in his work. And I appreciate <laughs> that about his character. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's... Uh, when we got to that moment, I was already like, God, this is terrible. And then we got to that, and I was just... I was like, how? I tried to play back in my head how we got to the point of deciding this movie. And then I blamed myself. And then so it was like, as much as I hated watching that guy attempt to rape that girl, I hated myself for agreeing to watch it even more than that. 
Did you enjoy watching him get doused in boiling water? That was kind of fun. It was that was kind of gross. That gave me a little bit of a tease of what we're gonna watch next next week when it all is like face was bubbling up and pussing mm-hmm. the um the, the the pot that kills him in that movie are there pots that big in real life it's astronomically know. large <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> impractical i've only seen pots that large in movies about camp that's the only place i've seen them exist just making giant bowls of chili <laughs> right. how big does the ladle have to be <laughs> Ooh, plot hole <laughs> i mean yeah that's actually a great point what do you do when it's done like how do you fucking move it to dump the water i don't yeah, know there's <laughs> gotta be 200 pounds of water in there <laughs> right. that is that might be the biggest plot hole in this movie is that giant <laughs> fucking pot <laughs> and how did a fucking child no, i guess he tipped it over when he fell over never mind okay yeah we can move on well the I mean, you know, the gist of this is it's it's a mystery that really isn't that mysterious. Well, yeah, uh, I want there, to talk about this because the the movie—I don't know if the movie wants us to believe, or at least the specifically the character of Sal <laughs> wants us to believe that Ricky is the prime suspect and makes right. the most sense. And I'm just like, why? Right. <laughs> Like I, his his justification is that his his sister or his his uh, whatever uh, cousin is like telling Ricky the th- the bad things that have happened to her and he's getting vengeance. But like that bitch don't talk about nothing. <laughs> she does. <laughs> a, the the whole time I I was watching her, I was like, man, she looks a lot like Millie Bobby Brown. But then she I realized, does, right? I, I, I just think it's, it's mostly just it's the blank it's like bright eyed stare. I totally with you. It's not actually anything in the face. But I feel exactly. the same way. Yeah, it was totally, they just, they they have the same part to play, which is just staring with big eyes. Yep, completely. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's obvious, like it's always the quiet ones. Why would it not be right. the quiet one? Right, right. Why would it not be the one that's getting picked on and then right after she gets picked on, that person dies? Yeah. You know, the one with the thousand yard stare. Like, Pat and Oswald made some joke about Gotham one time that, you know, is like the last episode should be like when someone asks who's Batman, it's like, well, maybe it's that kid that's been doing push-ups for 10 years. (laughs) Uh, I feel like this was the same way. It's like, well, who's doing all these murders? Oh, maybe it's the clearly traumatized girl who keeps getting picked on and then that person dies. Yeah. Can we talk about the ending? Almost. Before we get into the end, I will say, so pretty much all the acting, like, Top to bottom, regardless of age limits, pretty fucking terrible. But you know what? <laughs> I thought Ricky was pretty good. I thought he actually had pretty good screen charisma. Rick, Ricky definitely was like, Ricky, you deserve to be in the Bad News Bears. You're better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kid was fine. Uh, I, I don't know if it's acting, but I really enjoy... What was the owner of the can's name? Was it Mel? Sal, I think. Sal. Uh, his outfit when he comes to pick up the underage girl he's trying to bone, that's a nice outfit. The, the green slacks, the green and white striped polo, and the yellow windbreaker, that's handsome. I'm going to try to find that outfit. Yeah, so, I, don't, I was upset that no one ever made a, like a line connecting what was going on there. Like, it, that seemed too easy and at the perfect level for this film is to just make a line referencing how much pedophilia is in it. Uh, right. But no one ever does. The setup is perfect when she says she's going on a date and then he shows up in this like snazzy suit and, and no one just like makes an obvious reference to it. And it just felt like 
the kind of on the nose, low bar humor that this movie was going for. I mean, this movie is explicitly made it clear that like pedophilia is just kind of a goofy personality trait because Artie is very openly talking to his coworkers about how he does not care how young they are. And there's like, oh, Artie. Before we get into the end, though, we also have to talk about the weirdest scene in a really weird fucking movie. Sure. Which is the part right after, uh, I forget what her, uh, first of all, what's the main character's name? We haven't even said her name. What's her name? Angela. 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 Where her, the guy she's kind of into, tries to feel her up and she has that flashback of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is so bizarre on so many levels. It's such an 80s take. It's like, oh, part of the reason she's traumatized is because she saw that her dad was gay. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that, that is such a different scene now than it was then. And I don't know what the I'm not touching you part had to do with that. Like, you know, it would cut in between the dads and then her brother doing an I'm not touching you thing. What was even going on there? But you see, I actually, I, I felt the same way that you did at first in the fact that it felt like just a, a dirty 80s red herring. And I think probably it really just is. But at the right. same level, I feel like it could also be like her internalizing like what, what like intimacy looks like from what she's experienced. Oh, and right. it's kind of what she's experiencing. <laughs> okay, you just made that weird scene kind of deep. So I'll, I'll return. I know, I don't think, I think you're right. But I feel like <laughs> there might have accidentally made a better point there. Right, uh, but yeah, fuck it. Let's get into the ending because <laughs> that's really what this is about. This movie is about the last scene, which is easily the most awkward scene I've ever seen in and, any and, movie. And before, before we get it, I guess, like, first off, I don't feel like we needed the big reveal necessarily <laughs> to make this anything. I suppose like the twist ending is its own surprise, but I am really glad there was a payoff to the creepy aunt because. <laughs> I, I didn't check to see if the if it's if it's an actor or an actress, but like I was getting heavy drag vibes from her, like immediately. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I, I felt like that was intentional. Right. But yes, Christian, do you want to tell us what the plot twist is? Oh, I don't. Uh, the The plot twist is Angela was actually the boy has oh. been a dude this whole time, and uh, number one, that ending is just. It's insane. But two, I want to really focus on two parts of this that blow my friggin' mind, (laughs) which is number one, is she now like some sort of like creature, not, you know, not creature, but there's like this like possession element. She's got their jaws open wide. She's (laughs) screaming, covered in blood. She has to be naked. Like she's performing some sort of ritual eating I, you know, I don't know if we get the impression or not if that's what's occurring when she separates the head. It seems like maybe. No, I, I would yeah. say no because there's not blood around the mouth. Correct. The there's not. Area. But yeah, it doesn't really make sense. We didn't really see that with the other killings, but why is this one that way? But number two, these two porn star looking mother truckers walk up on naked person biting through the neck of another person and their immediate response is, Oh my God, she's a dude. Super fair. <laughs> and then the movie ends. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, 
we we've mentioned uh, uh, we forgot to mention a very important part of this, which that cop that comes up on them has the fakest mustache in movie history. Fun fact: this, this movie costs three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They spent two cents on a fake mustache. It took him six weeks to film it. He could have grown a real mustache during that time period. So, so real fact: in the earlier scenes, he does have a real mustache. But they came back for reshoots, and so he had already shaved it off, so they had to buy a fake mustache for that one scene towards the end. Okay, that actually makes sense then, because the first time I see him on screen, it's like, ooh, that's a handsome 80s man. Look at his 80s <laughs> yeah. mustache. But then they show him up close. It's like, God, is that, is that like made out of mud and like astroturf? <laughs> what is that? They didn't have Henry Cavill technology at the time. <laughs> had to work with what they had. I want to know where I can find that flashlight. Because that's the dopest looking flashlight I've ever seen. <laughs> that's a nice flashlight. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I haven't read up much on this, but I did read up how exactly they achieved that last scene. Me too, because I was like, are they showing his child dick? Right, right. Go ahead, Eric. But apparently they just made a mask of the girl and put it on some skinny guy's head. Which does and make that's... it more unsettling. Because then the dimensions are also off. Right and, and it does make sense why her face doesn't move at all. She's just in that scream pose the whole time. But it's, yeah, it's just like, I think less is more could have been there. Because they, they, <laughs> they, they hang on it way too long. And it's, it, it might have been upsetting for a shorter amount of time, but then it just becomes ridiculous immediately. Yeah. God, it's so weird. It's just so weird. Uh, and I, I want, I want to understand. Like, isn't the fact that it's Angela a, supposedly enough of a shock? Like, why this extra element, and why the response of completely ignoring the severed head and murdered right. body on the ground right. and being fantasized by the penis on the individual. Right. That's right. the shocking part. Like, I just, I want to understand these people's mindsets. Like I, maybe I don't do enough cocaine, but right. I just don't get it. I mean, look, we've seen a lot of movies with people getting their heads cut off. We don't see a lot of movies with girls with penises. I, I think this is just an uh, an 80s thing because there there's a comic called The Black Kiss that you know the main character in it uh, early you know finds out that vampires are real and then right after it finds out that one of those vampires that he's been infatuated with has a dick and that's treated as the big shocker and I really think the vampire part <laughs> is the shocker like I, so yeah I just think the 80s probably had a had a uh, much more salacious view on this sort of thing. Also, this is backtracking. I'm sorry. This is just a random thing I wanted to get to. One, it seems kind of excessive that Angela was into like murdering the children that threw sand on her uh, right. in, in the middle of the woods. But two, you know, logistically, my question is, it seems like they had to drive there. There's a reference to oh, a yeah, truck. Yeah, 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 How yeah, the fuck yeah, did yeah. she get there and murder them when nobody was looking and, and get back? No screams. That guy was far enough off where he could walk away. Right. Doesn't hear anything. That whole bit, I, I don't even. I don't. I didn't get too into the weeds of it because I just didn't give a shit about this movie. <laughs> but that was the one part I was like, logistically, I don't understand how this one makes I'm sense. I'm starting to think that this movie wasn't all the way thought out. <laughs> 
Uh, it looks like the people making it must have had a good time making it, though. Oh, fu- also fun fact about that. Uh, so the kid who was like the bullied kid in, in the boys camp mm-hmm. uh, was apparently like bullied in real life on set by the actors to the point where <laughs> one of one of the, the kids who plays a counselor, the actors who plays the counselor had to step in and like stop the bullying. <laughs> Method acting. Uh, yeah, no kidding. They, they lived it. Uh, is this movie offensive by today's standards? I don't uh, know. I don't know how canceled I, this movie is. I, I really think if you take out the scene where the gay dads is presented as a bad thing, it's not. But that in there kind of just, like, I don't know, get, makes the whole thing sort of confusing and maybe. Yeah, I agree with you. That scene, that scene actually was probably more uncomfortable to me because it's almost like i felt like are are we trying to say that having gay dads will will make you want to kill people right but i yeah i mean i don't know this movie is offensive for a lot of reasons so just for my eyeballs and my ears to even have to endure it for 90 minutes my favorite part was that this movie was free and i had to watch ads to finish it (laughs) because at least every 15 minutes for 60 seconds it would stop man you know what i'm a big fan of our our new streaming paradigm that we live in i don't miss cable uh in almost any way but you know what mandatory ad breaks aren't bad every once in a while i like having an excuse to get up and go to the bathroom or get a glass of water or something I, I kind of find commercial free viewing lonely. You know, it feels like <laughs> it feels like if if there's feels like no one cares, someone had to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, I have no more thoughts on this movie. All right, so, so you guys can uh, you guys can go for I'm it. I'm good. No, I've I've covered everything I want to cover. I, I think we've said everything we've said. We've said to. I mean, you know, you know, the idea of sitting out to look at a uh, cheesy '80s movies through today's eyes, you know, was was always a goal that we maybe weren't shouldn't have set <laughs> the, 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 these movies are these movies are best left uh, in vhs's at uh at waterfront mission i have no regrets about this one i thought it was relatively fun uh, i mean I, I would probably give the experience of it better than transformers if i didn't necessarily give the movie better than right I, I would agree with that no 100 percent worse than transformers this is my <laughs> least favorite movie we've ever reviewed on holy this. shit that is saying something and we watch Crimes of Grindelwald. So. Yeah. God, I, I don't even want to think about that. It makes me too angry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Sleepaway Camp. It's our, our 80s slasher one. If you like 80s slashers, maybe you'll like this one more. You've probably seen it already. Uh, <laughs> if you like 80s slashers, you have definitely already watched this but it's, and are it, pissed at all the stuff we missed. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's free. It's on uh, IMDb TV and Tubi, I think. So, uh, you know, check it out if you want. A weird pedophilia filled time. <laughs> but next week, I think we're going to be doing uh, The Thing, right? We're closing out October. Yep. 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 All right. I'm excited about it. I know it's, it's. I hope we have a cold night this week. I really like watching this movie when it's cold outside. I can see how that would add to the atmosphere. So, yeah, if you want to play along at home, uh, watch The Thing sometime between now and next week. So, yeah, that's it for the Sleepaway Camp. What have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, I'm excited to talk about a 
couple of things. Lovecraft Country finally finished. Um, I really like that show. I wish I could tell you I figured out what it, was, what it was all about by the end of it, but I can't. I still don't really get it all. But it, the acting is good, is interesting, has really cool special effects. And uh, there are some really deep, interesting themes that occur during it. But as for actual plot, it's a bit, you know, just weird and out there and i'm not entirely sure i fully understood what was happening i heard rumor on a second season and i would be curious to see how they do it with the way that the first season ends uh i finished haunting at bly manor and holy shit is that show good though that last episode is like my favorite episode of a show i've watched in a long long time wow crazy Um, it is really, really good. Um, I'm a big fan of Haunting at Hill House. That is much scarier than Haunting at Bly Manor. Uh, there's a lot of promo and press about it, calling it a love story. That's very, very true. And it's just, it's just really worth your time. Uh, if you're not a fan of horror, like I said, there's almost zero scares in it. There are almost no jump scares like whatsoever, or no blood. It's just really, it's just really good. It's really heartfelt and sweet, and you care about these characters a whole lot. It's well acted, but the I just think the storyline is is beautiful and it's really well told, and I really can't recommend it enough. Definitely better than the Transformers. Do I need and, to watch the first season? Nope, it's anthology, so they're not connected. Solid. You should watch the first season. The Fuck first you. season. The first season is great, and it is since it's anthology, it's a lot of the same actors, uh, but the stories are not connected at all. I, uh, I've watched about six episodes of this, and so far I'm not enjoying it as much as the first one, but uh, I think largely because the first season didn't have a main character, whereas this one does, and I kind of find her boring. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, you saying it, it gets good at the end there uh, is, is encouraged me to power through. I, I really kind of felt similar, Jehu, uh, mm-hmm. through the middle of it. Right. Um, but the way that the story ends and kind of pulls it all together... I just think it's a really beautiful ending for that story. Oh, cool. um, and uh, not that it's like, oh, there's some secret twist that'll tie it all together and make all these actions make sense. That's not that. I just think it just has a really beautiful ending and uh, it makes me appreciate everything that led up to get me to that point. Um, I also watched West Wing special. Yeah. And uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it on stage. I thought this was something I could... Uh, you know, I enjoy uh, multiple times. Uh, I thought Sterling K. Brown was pretty good as Leo, and it was just a fun way to spend some time uh, with those characters and cast again. My one complaint, and it's not really a complaint, it's just that, you know, in the beginning, Bradley Whitford says, oh, we know people are tired of hearing celebrities tell them how to be morally superior or whatever, but we're going to do it anyway. And I want to be like, yeah, don't even include that because you're right people are tired of that and then number two that's not gonna change people oh you know what at least you admitted it before you talk. Right. like don't even address it jay it's like you're talking about the pants in yourself bit like <laughs> it, it, that's what that does like just move on we I mean, get it right the thing that's interesting to me is the idea that anyone who would watch a west wing special they're already gonna vote <laughs> right <laughs> right right yeah All, almost everything i believe about uh uh, about voting being an important thing come from watching the first four seasons of that show. Absolutely. It felt so redundant and unnecessary to include that at the beginning of that thing. But that's it. I like I, it. Uh, I, you know, I, I agree. I don't think Sterling K. Brown did absolutely anything wrong, but it did make me miss John Spencer. And, and 
you know, just kind of, I feel like I underappreciated his presence in, in watching it the first time. And then when he wasn't there, I was like, oh, I missed that guy. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, um, you know, uh, for me, uh, week three of the Van Halen week, uh, uh, I want to say about last week's, you know, I was experimenting with doing something like, uh, you know, the Scott Ackerman, uh, Adam Scott fa- podcast did, and I did a terrible job of it. But there's one detail I missed out about Van Halen one that I wanted to, I wanted to bring up. Uh, when I was trying to sell this track running with the devil, I forgot to mention that there's an app you can get on iPhone or Droid called Diamond Dave. And it's just cute, you know, like cued sound clips from the isolated vocal track of, uh, of Running With The Devil. And even if you care nothing about this band or nothing about this song, it's the most fun app you can possibly have on your phone. Uh, I've went through entire days only communicating with so, uh, so uh, uh, I was doing that a lot towards the end of my tenure in the life, which, you know, was, uh, I, I was pretty over that shit. So, uh, but yeah, uh, beyond that, I read one and a half Van Halen books. I read one called uh, Van Halen Rising, which I absolutely fucking love and cannot recommend enough. Again, even if you have no interest in this band, if you're tired of the general rock and roll biography uh, narrative of rise, fall, drugs, redemption, then you'll love this one because it has nothing to do with that. It's just the story of how this band got to be famous in an unconventional way. Uh, I feel it's like it's usually dr- rise, drugs, fall, redemption. Right. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah, did, I, I did it out of order. That's true. This almost plays out like it would make a great TV series because like every every chapter starts with a cold open and then you go into the body of the chap- f- chapter, finding out what, how you got to that spot. And it's, a, you know, it's, it's an escalation of how they learned how to play their instruments, how uh, Dave and the Van Halen brothers were in opposing uh, backyard party bands. And Dave said, does this sort of power play using equipment to uh, get himself in the band with the Van Halen brothers. You know, all the sex and drugs and trash and hotel rooms, there's a little of it towards the end, but mostly the stuff uh, in this is more about the fans being sort of, uh, you know, dazed and confused-esque. It, uh, it really, uh, wh- one of the things I like about it a lot is it's, it, they don't really consult any of the principal members of Van Halen for it it's all like sort of told through the eyes of the people who were around while they were rising. And something I feel about like that, so many biographies are better that way. This one is so much better that way. And it feels more truthful because nobody has anything to gain by bullshit. Right. Know? Except for just, cause they're already getting what they want from it. They're just saying, Hey, I was there, but yeah, I really can't recommend this movie, this book enough. It, again, you have no interest. Try this book, Van Halen Rising. I read uh, half of another Van Halen book, and if you're someone who likes the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, typical biography bullshit, this one's the one for you. It's called Running with the Devil. It starts almost at the exact spot the, uh, the other book ends. Uh, it's told by the tour manager of Van Halen, and his main goal is to let you know that he was cool. <laughs> and that he was unflappable through all this. But there is some really genuinely entertaining stuff in it. I like the first book a lot better, but the second one's a much easier read because it's, you know, written for idiots. And that's all I got. Cool. I haven't watched, well, I watched a little bit this week. Uh, I started a new anime that is, I feel like the way I feel about this anime is the way that Christian feels about 
Lovecraft Country. Uh, it's 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 highly touted. It's on like you know the top five of a lot of lists. It's called Steins Gate. It's like a kind of a time travel mystery thrillery kind of thing. But it's tough to get into. I think <laughs> I think I'm six episodes in. The main character is a self-proclaimed mad scientist. And despite the fact that that's, you know, he adds the scientist in there, really the only thing he is is just kind of crazy. He's not particularly <laughs> smart or likable. Uh, he's just kind of delusional. But he's our main character and we stick with him the whole time. <laughs> Again, I think I, I just finished episode six and it takes till that episode till you like really start going, uh, which is too long for me to ask anybody to like, in, like, you know, you, when you're like, oh, you know, the first episode's not great, but keep going. I'm not going to ask anybody to watch six episodes or something to, to get into it. Fuck it. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Uh, I'll let you know how, how it ends. But uh, for now, I'm not sure it's worth the initial investment to even get started. But I'm already, I'm already there. I watched, for my Ghibli film this week, I watched My Neighbors the Yamadas, which is the last film that Val and I's least favorite director did, which we did on purpose. Just get it out of the way. Uh, it wasn't terrible. Uh, it's apparently based on a Japanese comic strip. And honestly, it just feels a lot like a family circus, the movie. If they just put like a bunch of animated comic strips back to 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 back for two hours. So, you know, like I'm not saying that none of them had merit. Some of them had like, you know, they were kind of charming, but it's a real fucking slog for two hours. Uh, I don't recommend it worse than Transformers. Uh, and then finally this week, just because I saw I was like leaving HBO or whatever, I rewatched Blood Diamond, which I found out. I watched Blood Diamond a lot when it was on TV. Uh, turns out I've never seen the first half of this movie. Uh, <laughs> I really like this movie. It's got that early, I guess really mid-2000s vibe where it feels like it could be a Bourne movie, the way that a lot of the action sequences are shot. But Leo is charming uh even with this terrible accent i really like his dynamic with uh with jimon hansu who's also great uh and i sometimes forget in all of my celebrity crushes that i mean not that she isn't now but particularly like late 90s early 2000s jennifer Connolly is just the perfect woman <laughs> uh just just really you know even like her slightly buck teeth do it for me everything about her is is on point for me uh, so I really enjoyed this. I think this movie might be better than the sum of its parts. Rewatching it, I'm not sure that like it's quite as as like I guess technically good as I remembered it being. Either you know the the writing or the story or any of this kind of stuff. But I just feel like some indescribable quality, charisma, the actors, whatever, kind of elevates it to be better than it is. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I would totally go back and rewatch it again. So how had you watched it a lot, but never watched the beginning? Apparently I've only watched the second half, uh, like from, from the point where they were like already all well, pretty much like in the jungle. It's like right before then really right before they ditched Jennifer Connelly. Cause I, I have a lot of movies like that, but the reason I had done them like that is cause I would see them on TV, put a VHS tape in and start taping. So like, Take, for instance, The Karate Kid. I never saw the first 10 minutes of it till I was like an adult, you know, and there's just a lot of movies like that. So it's, I, I, that, I'm just interested in someone never watching the beginning of a movie. They've watched a lot. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? I, it's just one of those things. I must have just caught it at the same time every time. <laughs> um, 
But, uh, you know, to, to that point, though, I wonder if you could cut the first 10 minutes out of any movie and it really impacts the viewing experience. I think with a lot of movies, you could, because really a whole lot of these movies like that, that I, I'll, you know, catch that I've watched like that, that I'd never seen the first 10 or 15 or 20 minutes to, I don't really miss them. You yeah. Know? It's, it's a lot of establishment that you don't really need. Honestly, I, the first hour of Blood Diamond, I was like, I got most of this from context. I don't feel like I needed a lot of this shit, but right. it's fine. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's it for, uh, for me. Anything else from you guys before we close out? Nothing I comes nothing. to mind. All yeah. right. Uh, so that's it for this week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening again next week. We're doing, is it John Carpenter does the thing? John Carpenter, yep. Jar- yep. John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, which will be my first time viewing, which I'm excited for. Uh, so join us next week for that. In the meantime, please rate and subscribe uh, and tell your friends about the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us either how we were wrong about Sleepaway Camp, maybe you like Sleepaway Camp, or really any other 80s slasher that you really like, <laughs> you can uh, reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.